So, um, if you look really closely in this episode and in past episodes featuring the Raptor Sapiens, you'll notice that they have like a kind of really jam-packed utility belt. Like there's a ton of pouches on it. Now, they don't carry guns. There's not ammo in there. What are they carrying around? I'm I'm saying a large supply of breath mints because every time they use their acid breath, it probably makes their mouth smell like ass. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because they are like kind of tums. basically just vomiting. Yeah, tums. <laughs> just, <laughs> just extreme acid reflux. Yeah, like erosive GERD is a serious problem among raptor sapiens. Oh, oh design flaw. <laughs> They've got those Flintstone vitamin chews. Mm. Got it. Oh man, I, I those th- those things were always tasted like candy to me. Yeah, I mean because they were mostly sugar. Yeah, that, because that's, that's what they were. <laughs> they were they were Pez with a small amount of vitamin C in them. <laughs> well, now because they... a human being, because okay. a human being only needs like a very tiny amount of vitamin C every day, right? right. <laughs> like, and it's like literally in everything now. Um yeah. yeah, and now they have those like gummy vitamins and it fuck man, like they're so good. Like my mom always has them when we're out there visiting and I'm always trying not to just eat handfuls <laughs> of them. Yeah. Get like vitamin like, D poisoning. I could, eat, I could eat this pouch of gushers or these gummy vitamins. <laughs> what? They're healthier. Yeah, they're good for me. <laughs> I'm getting healthier. Yeah, unfortunately they, that's not how it works, but you know, uh, they are tasty. <laughs> Sounds like fake news uh, to me. Fake news. Uh, I used to work in an office where they would provide snacks and shit. And um, first off, if you see that in an office, you know they expect you to live there. So don't take that job. Yeah, and second true. off, um, they, the two things that they would always get were gushers and like vanilla yogurt covered raisins which i love and there was always like like every monday you'd see them there you'd see them restocking them and then by like 11 that morning the gushers and the raisins were gone (laughs) and i'm not gonna say i didn't eat more than my fair share but there was definitely someone hoarding them (laughs) just like they would take two or three of the packs and throw them in a drawer in their desk every week. Maybe they also had a utility belt, like the Raptor Sapiens. Yeah, I could see that. Stuffed full of gushers yeah. and candied raisins. Delightful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just like open their drawer and just like a bunch of gushers, like not even in the packaging anymore, just like falls out. It's like, damn so, it, Tim. Last, last, so opening a drawer and finding something in the office. Sorry, last aside about this office, because one time I put a bunch of rubber ducks on all the developers' desks. It's an inside joke for developers if you've never heard it before. Um, but, like, no one could figure out who it was. So I threw the bag of all the leftover rubber ducks in one of my coworkers' drawers. <laughs> and then I was like, let's search his drawer. And, we, and they opened it. And they were like, it was you! <laughs> it's like Hans Molman from The uh, the Simpsons. Like, who said that? It was him. Let's get him, fellas. <laughs> it's fantastic. Oh, man. Uh, well? I love I love framing people. It's very fun. Well, uh, so, so uh, welcome everyone to Exo Friends, the Exo Squad podcast on the Outer Millennial Network. Uh... I am joined by Kayvon Fashami and Lexi DeConing, and my name is David Hoyt. 
And I just threw off everything because usually they introduce themselves. Yeah, I've done, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> I'm lost. I'm totally yeah. lost. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully I said your name right, Lexi. Yeah. <laughs> I know yeah, I said did. I know I said Kayvon's right, but you did, <laughs> <laughs> which is more than most people <laughs> manage. I was so in my capacity as a as a as unfortunately an expert on white nationalism. I was once on the news uh, here in Denver. And they asked me for a phonetic spelling of my name for the, like, news guy. Um, oh and I God. wrote it out, and I get on air. I'm sitting there in front of him. He, we're at commercial. We're just doing a little bit of small talk. We come back to the broadcast. He's got um, my name phonetically spelled out right in front of him. Kayvon Fishami spelled it as simply as possible. Idiot proofed it. He looks at it, looks at me, and says, I'm here with Kevin Sashimi. <laughs> I remember that. It's just like oh, I remember dude. that. I, uh, you, I when you got on when you were on that show, I watched that clip and I was like, "You stupid fucking." <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> and it, it cuts to me right as he says it. I'm just trying so hard not to laugh. <laughs> just like, dude, dude, are you serious? Sashimi? Oh, bless his heart. It's He's doing even, his best. It doesn't even begin with an S. Come on, that, that's. That's like when people call like, like it's not it's not as bad, but but oftentimes when people read my last name for the first time, they're like David Holt. I'm like there's not even a fucking L, guys. Oh no, it's <laughs> reading comprehension. Uh, we're we're very strong with it as a culture. Anyway, yes, cave off for sure. Here we go. Digressions well, aside. We. Uh, you know, when it comes to when it comes to pronouncing hard names, we should just surrender, like the title of this episode, because <laughs> it is inevitable. And this episode was written by uh, uh, yeah, our usual suspects, Edens, uh, Ted Peterson, and Francis Moss, who we both talked about before. Um, and uh, getting right into it, you know, we get this kind of uh, kind of dramatic imagery. There's a torn Australian flag fluttering against a like du- a burning dusk sky as Shiva prepares his forces to overrun the resistance in the Parliament Building in Can- Canberra, which, I, which I'm saying correctly now. I believe I, I was saying Canberra before. Sorry, everyone from Australia. Um, Our bad. Napier and Marsala are, we're we're picking up where we stopped in the last episode, are attempting to escape while cloaked as Tyree, JT, and the rest of the resistance watch them leave. Um, This reminds me of that that very good D&D trope. What does an invisible character do when a door is in front of them? (laughs) I have no idea. I don't know, actually. You, well, if, yeah, like, what do you do? Because you open the door and there's nothing there, and everyone on the other side is like, why the fuck did that door just open? Ghosts! Uh. <laughs> I would laugh. That, that should have been Marsala's strategy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ghosts. It's a ghost. Um, really nice. Can we just stop for a moment, though? It's just like, what a nice yeah. opening scene. Like, it's just like the, with the flag, just composition. The art is fantastic here. It's got. Um, Kind of Robotech vibes a little bit when we see the shot of the blasted parliament with the, like, ruined building and the flag. For some reason, it just reminds me of some of the Robotech, like, uh, like I had some books and stuff as a kid, picture books, and it just reminds me of it a lot. Oh, like, now that you say that, I, like, I, I'm really, I'm really picturing, like, you know, what, what we got in the U.S. Right. Where, where they took, where they took three different shows and labeled them all Robotech. Yeah. Because that's what we did to anime in the 80s. <laughs> 
And the the second and third season, which were, I don't want to say, po- well, the third one was post-apocalyptic, kind of. Mm-hmm. But the second one was also uh, in the same vein where, like, you know, Earth was really not in a good place and, like, everything was kind of crumbling and in ruins. Yeah. And, like, you saw imagery like this a lot. So, yeah, I like that. I never read the books. I should read those. Yeah, I mean, they were, like, I had a bunch of them. I had, like, those, like, you know, kids' books that came with a tape as a way to help you read. Um and, like, I had a ton of those because, you know, robots and I've, I've always liked uh, post-apocalyptic aesthetics. So, yeah, yeah started early. If, you, if you've if you never seen it, they can't, uh, this is like, God, this has to be like six or seven years ago now. Um, they did make a uh, sequel movie with, that, that took place kind of immediately at the end of the third season mm. hmm. with the with the return uh with the return of Rick Hunter's expeditionary fleet right on yeah it's been a long time I'm, I've been actually thinking about revisiting that here at some point uh extra squad's gotten me in the mood for it yeah all right especially with all the especially with all the rumored tie-ins of the toys back in the day right yeah right uh, but so so Napier and Marsala escape in their very loud stealth mode, <laughs> show, shown shown by a random Neosapien like who's there? Yes, they're clomping by. I know. Not- I, I, I love that moment so much. Is he's just like, oh, I know they have cloaking technology. There's an E-frame noise. What could it be? Obviously nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like you know, first off, why aren't they flying? We know they can fly while right. cloaked. <laughs> right. It seems it's like, let's take a walk. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder, no, they wouldn't be picked up on radar because it doesn't work with the pirate ships. So radar probably wouldn't be the uh, the thing. So yeah, it's <laughs> it's just a mystery drama, I guess. Um, it, we it get another solved with... MacArthur reference oh, here too, don't we? Um, where yeah. like it, somebody says like, oh, I'll be, or we'll be back, or I, I shall return or something like that. And uh, I think JT's like, oh yeah, okay, MacArthur. Yeah, wasn't wasn't that the same reference they made in the last episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think it... I think Napier or somebody said like I shall re- or I will return or something, and they mentioned they referenced MacArthur, um, like yeah, in an episode or two ago. Yeah. Um, there's a few World War um, II references in this uh, in this episode, as we'll get to, I'm sure. Well, so like I said, why aren't they flying? Why are they walking around? And it, in their walking around, some Raptor sapiens are like able to them it's not really clear <laughs> like i mean they could just hear them because apparently the cloaking does not do anything to mask sound so <laughs> right like the the right. big creaking machine noise right in front of you could be the giveaway um <laughs> but yeah it's They're not really clear if they like smell them if they just sense them yeah i think it's also because the one raptor actually like literally walks into the cloaked i um, love that <laughs> the, the, clo- the cloaked e-frame yeah, that's so good. It's just like he like bumps his head on it, and he's like super confused. He's yeah. like, "What?" And then he gets like ultra pissed and starts like screeching. Yeah. yeah. Well, Marsala says something too about how they have like he says they have extraordinary senses or something like that. He's like, "Perhaps they have extraordinary senses." Mm. Um, which I don't know if that's like yeah, they're just really good at smelling because their their tongues are all flicking out, and that's like, isn't that how snakes smell? 
Yeah, I think so. Yes. They like flick the air with their tongue. That's actually them like smelling. Smelling the air. Yeah, I think yeah. I believe that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a snake doctor, but I feel like that's that's true. <laughs> Uh, if any, if any snake, snake doctor. doctors listen to this show, uh, weirdly enough, uh, herpetology is the term, right? For I yes, think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Weird one. Real weird uh, choice of term there, but um, yeah. So yeah, walks. I, I oh, go ahead. I, I was gonna say I like I like how when Mar like when Marcel is looking outwards, everything is wavy. <laughs> yeah, like outside right. the frame. <laughs> Yeah, because it's distorting like the light or whatever. I I thought that was re- that was a really good uh, attention to detail there. Um, also, just the little like like shoulder roll dodge out of the way. Yes, of the uh, of the acid. Yeah, yeah. As the as the raptor like spits acid at him, he just somehow manages to lean just ever so slightly to the side and like the entire e-frame misses that spray of acid it's incredible very lucky yeah. very very lucky <laughs> yeah yeah and then um, nice little bit of animation there too just like when he guns down all the raptor sapiens also it's kind so of like good. a nice like brutal little moment there's a lot of brutal moments in this episode yes yeah. yes uh well, uh, like you said, but th- at this point, when, when the Liz- when the Raptor Sapiens have found them, at this point, they 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 uncloak and just start gunning people down um, and, to escape. Uh, the other thing, the other thing that happened that I forgot to bring up is uh, Napier and Marsala as they're walking by like Shiva's command center. They're like, "Let's just fucking take her." Napier's like, "Let's just fucking take out Shiva right now." And Marsala's like, "No, no, your survival is the greatest." The priority of this mission yeah <laughs> like the, why, the, why are you walking <laughs> yeah that's true right. right fly anything well and that's the funny thing is like they sort of they are sensed by the rapt- raptor sapiens they just miss the acid and then uncloak to start shooting and then don't cloak again they just like turn around and run away <laughs> like, yep and i was like you could still be cloaked right now and that would be very helpful <laughs> It's yeah. it, the whole scene is very strange. It's very strange. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I mean, I think it's it's tactics sacrificed for narrative, but you right, know. Yeah. right. Still, it's like just fly. Uh, af- after after they after they escape uh, from Shiva's forces, um, Shiva, we we get the scene where Shiva and Phaeton are arguing about like. Why don't we just destroy the Parliament Building? Because fate and the reason why is because Phaeton wants JT alive, and he knows he's in there. Yeah. So um, it, then we cut over to the scene where uh, Phaeton's in the room with Livia, and uh, he he explains like why he is obsessed with Marsh because the injuries he sustained in his fight with JT in Olympus Mons has triggered auto mutation syndrome, and like. I, when I was watching this, I kind of got like, you know, from the original Dune movie because his suit is so bulky and he's got like almost ceremonial robes on, like kind of like an almost Baron Harkonnen vibe yes. from it, like yeah. the fat, disgusting one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I um, I can see that a lot. I like that that connection with Baron Harkonnen. There is really good. Um, he does have that just like yeah, just gross megalomaniacal. You know, not quite the excess. He's a bit more austere, but it's still that same yeah. like body horror revulsion. 
Well, is this the first we hear him acknowledge that he has auto mutation syndrome? Because I think somebody else kind of suggests it, and then everyone else is like, "Don't, don't mention, don't, don't let anyone hear you say that out loud." But it, I think this is the I, first time I, we hear him mention it, right? I do think it's the first time he mentions himself having it. But I, I think you're right. the The episode where they like where they're studying auto mutation syndrome. Mm-hmm. I think it was implied in that episode that one of the reasons why they're doing that is because the Phaeton has it. Right. Right. And then, so yeah, somebody mentions it out loud and they're like, no, don't, like, don't, don't let anyone hear you say that. But well, yeah, I think it's in, the first acknowledgement. Even in this scene, he's like, Oh, like Livia, look closely. Why do you think I'm wearing these robes? And she's like, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> She's being all coy like, about it, and then he like literally grabs her by the shoulders and pulls her close, and you can see how she's like, ah, <laughs> like don't. I don't know. I mean, well, I don't know it, how it spreads, but. Oh. Well, I think that that's one of that's one of the things they hinted at in that past episode too. Is like they, the Neo Sapiens don't know if this could spread through contact. So like, mm. if that rumor exists. Right. And she knows he has it. She's probably like, oh, my God, don't touch me. Like, right. it's like leprosy. Yeah. Like, right. the old understanding of that, right? Right. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, again, these are, like, things that would be interesting to explore in a larger, um, you know, like, if they ever did, like, a bigger version of this. Like, you know, what the sort of, you know, because there's probably all kinds of, like, weird misinformation, like a lot of other diseases, like leprosy, right? Like, that notion that leprosy is spread by touch when it's actually just spread by insanitary conditions and stuff like that. Um, you know, like what's the culture around auto-mutation syndrome? Because it's got to be something you imagine that they just all are terrified of. It's like you know, dementia for Neo Sapiens. You got to imagine. Yeah. Um. Imagine, imagine, imagine how cool it'd be if there was like a side story where like Doctor Algernon figured out how to fix mm-hmm. auto-mutation syndrome, and they and like they they let that information out. And like Neo Sapiens, who are maybe beginning to suffer from it, like seek to defect or something like that. That would, that would be cool. interesting. I don't yeah, know why. I just thought of that. Yeah, that that mini storyline in my head, but I, I don't know. Like, yeah, no, that would be because like, could you imagine there'd be like all kinds of politics and stuff there too? Because there'd probably be humans that were like, no, you can't, like, we can't, like, let this be known. We have to destroy the cure. Blah blah blah. Um, you know, because like there'd be all kinds of obvious you know, racism and resentment and that sort of stuff. Oh man, yeah, that would be yeah. A really well, good I mean, well, even just even just the scum bucket tactic of being like, if you remain with Phaeton, we will not give you the cure. Right, right, right. That would be that would be terribly immoral. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah, it's almost like you know when drug companies uh, hike up prices on necessary medication. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, we don't What's get political on this show. We don't get political on this show. Not, not once, not at all. Never. We're all very apolitical people. I don't have strong political Eat the rich. anything. <laughs> right? Oh um, I think another kind of key bit about this scene also is that this is like, a, again, a good example of why you should never have a movement, a nation, a war, anything all tied to one central figure um mm-hmm. just having like one person who's absolutely in charge you know because like shiva's absolutely right like we should just flatten this building with heavy artillery kill everyone inside and we win um no need to sacrifice uh what is apparently a very dwindling resource in terms of uh you know troops um just flatten it but it's phaeton's like desire and drive for revenge and just his as shiva points out multiple times his irrationality um, and you know, again, like a lot of World War Two 
uh, parallels here with like kind of Hitler's um, all of, you know already like uh, prone to megalomania, but then like descent into megalomania that uh, sort of hastened the end of that war for the Germans. Obviously, thankfully, but yeah, yeah. Uh, so af- after after that, uh, JT is attempting to confirm if Marsala made it out with Napier by trying to get in touch with uh, the Cossack or just Marsala himself. And as he's doing this, Shiva takes over like the airwaves and comes up on their monitor and tells them they have one minute to decide, but if they give up JT Marsh, he'll let the rest of the resistance go. And there's this tense moment where Nick and George, I think is his name. Yeah. 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 yeah are like really debating this but then nick tyree comes back as when shiva's like your time is up what is your decision comes back with the best response i've ever heard to any terrorist demands <laughs> nuts <laughs> the right. answer is nuts <laughs> which I, do you know the story of nuts that's another world war <laughs> world war ii reference Oh, is that is that like a legitimate thing? Yeah, so it's a it's like a really kind of famous. It's like probably one of the most famous moments in U.S. military history, uh, which I'm apparently I guess just a giant nerd of. But um, so during the Battle of the Bulge, when the Germans, uh, a similar situation, have um, the 101st Airborne Division surrounded by tanks. Uh, there's like a surprise attack around Christmas. Um, they surround uh, this div- U.S. division. Um, if you've seen the uh, band of brothers it's those like when, when they're in the pine forest getting shelled the whole time and it's really miserable and really dark it's that mm-hmm. um and so the german commander sends a uh basically a demand for surrender to the surrounded americans the weather's really bad so the u.s can't use its air power these guys are trapped um the general who actually commands the 101st airborne isn't even there he's actually back in the u.s he'd gone for a staff conference so it's his like second in command who's in charge uh this guy who's i think his name's mcauliffe um, but so McAuliffe gets the surrender and then responds with uh, just simple, simply worded message to the German commander, nuts, signed the American <laughs> commander. Amazing. So yeah. that was the way of telling the Germans to fuck off. Yeah, just fuck off. And then, you know, like the Patton's First Army shows up, breaks the uh, Americans out, the weather lifts, and the uh, U.S. Air Force, basically, well, it's the Army, the Army's Air Force at the time, just bombs the uh, German armor into bits. Uh, but yeah, so it's another another kind of World War One reference here. That's or cool. World War Two, rather, my bad. Cool. I, I never knew that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so somebody obviously, like, Somebody in here, at the very least, because they're all they're all also going to be from the generation whose parents were the World War Two generation. So somebody mm-hmm. in here, at least, is like a is a, also a big World War One World War Two buff. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, also my favorite implication is like Shiva was watching the entire time they were having that conversation <laughs> because they just turned around and his face is still on the monitor. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like listening to them debate. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, man. Uh, he's like, I've almost got them. And he's like, nuts. He's like, what? <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> but it, it, this this response pisses off Shiva. And he's like, that's it. Just fucking go in and take them all out. And he says, we'll send in the hybrids first so that maybe they'll bring Marsh back alive. Maybe they won't. Who knows? Um and you know, the action the action music starts of the the siege of the Can Canberra. Uh, Parliament House begins, 
And um, we also get a good, like, full body shot of Shiva right here. And I think, like, I've always said that I love all of the Neo-Sapien generals, but his outfit and design are definitely my favorite. Yeah, that's fair. He's got a good look to him, like the orange and green. uh, Yeah. Nice color combination. He's also pretty, like, bulky. Yeah. He is bulky. I think I say it later, like, Shiva never skips chest day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely not. Um, Can you, like, so I wondered, are they just naturally muscular, or is that, like, part of Neo-Sapien culture? Are they all just, like, hitting the gym all the time? I, I think I think they're genetically engineered to just be muscly. Okay. Like I guess because I mean, as much as I would give for the the shirtless, sweaty Neo Sapien workout <laughs> montage, um, I don't think we're gonna get it. <laughs> oh bummer! You know, some like you know, like jaunty '80s pop tune in the background, and like everybody's just like working out, just, lifting. Marcel is like spotting Phaeton. <laughs> replace replace the entire movie Top Gun. Replace the cast with Neo Sapiens. You guys, homo homoerotic Neo Sapien volleyball. Everyone, like, yeah, I was gonna say, you it. guys realize you're writing a slash fiction right now. Like that's, mm, that's yeah. what's happening. <laughs> oh, here we go. We'll start a Patreon for that. Uh, also, Thrax, will you be my Iceman? <laughs> Exo slash. Uh, oh boy, here we go. But, Mar- uh, Marcel and Napier reach the Cossack at this point, and they update Hollis and Nara on the situation. And they 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 say that you know we 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 knew what was going on, and a comp Char- Charlie Company. I think that I think that's the uh, uh, Butler's squad <laughs> is being diverted to uh, to them for reinforcements. Uh, we get the the battle. The battle is continuing in Canberra. Obviously, we get to, we get some good look at like the bur- burrowing beetle Neo Sapien. Oh. Um, yeah, that's a new one, right? We haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, I don't. Re- I don't think we ever really saw a good look at him before, if we saw him at all. Right. I, I love. I think and, they say uh, like it's like oh the jump troops will be here in six hours. It's like I hope they could they last that long, and then it seems like five minutes pass by, and they're like ah the jump troops are here. Yeah. 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 Um, we also get we also get a good showcase of Rhino Sapien just charging at the door, <laughs> like. But it's this just is straight one of up Rocksteady for. Yeah, just one. Yeah, just one. And he does look like Rocksteady. They're, endang- <laughs> <laughs> They're an endangered species. You can only you can only get enough material for one. Okay. Like, uh, <laughs> they killed the last white rhino to make. Oh my god. <laughs> right. It's got it's got dark. <laughs> Dude, as a South African, my heart is breaking right now just at the thought. Oh, oh sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry. No, it's okay. You're fine. Uh, but yeah, that's I was We're just going to say like them. the the stag beetle near sapien for whatever reason like that one freaked me out the most. It's just weird and gross and I don't know if it, it's It has it, it it has the most monstrous look. Yeah, yeah. There's something like really uh, uncanny, like in the you know, like the real Freudian, like disturbing sense. Like yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's yeah. Not, it's, it's it's just horrible to look at. Even though like obviously the scorpion ones and the raptor ones are like terrifying because they are deadly. I don't know. Something about that stag beetle sapien just freaks me the fuck out. 
yeah i think it's the uh, other like the other monster neo sapiens are all still like vaguely humanoid like it's like hands and le- arm you know like legs and arms like you know quadruped or biped um mm. but this thing is like because like, I'm, I'm looking at it now and it's it's got like a weird kind of it's like almost fleshy uh beetle pincers and then it's got <gasps> beetle two beetle legs of its six legs and then the two of its legs are arms like humanoid arms and it just it looks super unnatural yeah yeah it, it it's gross <laughs> <laughs> also also this is uh like sending them in first is a real good uh indication of what we were talking about last time like if the neo sapiens won the war and these hybrids survived they would definitely not be in a good place. No. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, because they're like already the second class citizens of the second class citizens. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Makes you a fourth uh, class citizen. I don't know. Yeah, I don't do somewhere. math. <laughs> the the jump the jump troops arrive at the Cossack in the next scene uh, as Maggie and Alec attempt to recover Maggie's e frame from the barn wreckage for uh, when when they had to leave it behind in past episodes. Um, Maggie just rips the windshield off of it like it's Saran wrap and is like, I, I have to have a clean windshield. Like you're gonna start flying in that thing. You're gonna regret not having that there. Right? It was really it's really funny though, because you're right, she pinches it with like the pincers of the E frame as if it is saran wrap, but then as she pulls it, it also like shatters into a thousand pieces and I was like, Babe, there's gonna be like glass all inside there now. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Right. Yeah. You you know how long you're gonna be getting that out of your hair? Seriously. Oh, but so the the two other things that happen in this scene that are great. Danny, dun dun dun, like foreshadows the doom of his brother George. He's like, if you see my brother George, tell him I'm okay or something like that. No, he says the most Australian thing ever. Kayvon, do you want to repeat it? No, you're gonna have you're gonna probably be able to do the accent way better than I can. I don't know if I can do the accent, but he's like, if you see my brother Danny, tell him I say good day. <laughs> like, oh yeah, that's right. Put another shrimp on the Barbie, Daddy. Or jo- George, George. Yeah. Sorry, George, Danny's the one who's yeah. with them. It's George who's with uh, Nick and JT. Yeah. 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 Good day. Good day. Good day. Good day, George. <laughs> and, and Alec jumps on the back of Maggie's e-frame and just holds on while she flies to Canberra. <laughs> right. <laughs> At like, you know, you're assuming, if not the speed of sound, like close to the speed of sound. She's like flying with no windshield and he's just like hanging off the back NBD. They're both also, covered in... No... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, go, go ahead. Go As ahead. I say, they're both just like covered in bugs by the time they get to Canberra. <laughs> yeah. Also, also, if Nara can fit in the, in the uh, Exofighter cockpit, I'm sure Alec can fit in there with Maggie because it's bigger. Like Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we go back to the battle. Uh, a bat sapien tears down the Australian flag as the rhino sapien finally bursts through the door. And just like like in any good horror movie, if you bring up someone's name and tell them you your wish, you hope they're okay. George is immediately pulled through the window by a scorpion or a crab. I think it's a crab. Sapien. There's a scorpion fighting yeah. JT. George tries to help. The scorpion like tail lashes him and like bangs him or like, throws him against the wall by one of the windows, and then just yeah, crab claw through the window, grabs poor George we'd, and pulls him out. 
We don't actually see him being pulled out the window, though, do we? Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, we do. Do we? Oh, oh shit. Well, it's implied, anyway. I'm, I'm watching yeah. it right now. It, like, reaches through it, grabs him, starts to pull him out, and then we cut to Tyree, who's like, George! And he, like, runs to help him, and JT stops him, and is basically like, oh, there's nothing we can do for him. He's he's being eviscerated as we speak. Yeah. Uh, huh. Yeah. Every time I think about that. Yeah, I mean, if this were a more adult, like, version of this, um, you'd probably have, like, some horrible tearing and screaming sounds coming from the window <laughs> in this it's moment. Like it would be... Starship Troopers-style gore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Nap- Napier and Charlie and Charlie Company jump down to the battle. Uh, Nap- Napier joins them because he's like, I gotta, I gotta help, I gotta help, and... <laughs> It's like we just went through all that trouble to get you the fuck out of there. You, know, you shouldn't be going right. anywhere. Like, I love that, and they're just uh, like, "Okay, yeah, whatever, going back down there." Um, well, yeah, I mean, like, what are you gonna say, right? Like, <laughs> can we pause also quickly in this scene? Lexi and I um, noticed one of the one of the kind of background extra type people, uh, the Australians. Uh, uh-huh. It's kind of like a she muscle farmer. Okay. She doesn't farm this? muscles. She's a farmer with massive muscles. I mean, she may far also farm muscles. With muscles like she that, might. it is not unlikely uh, she at least drinks the you know protein drink muscle farm and may also work on a muscle farm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just this like lady in like also just fantastic garb. Uh, the fashion in this show, move over euphoria, exo fashion is where it's at. Um, but yeah, just oh, like. Yeah you know like cool jeans nice hat like whatever but then she's just side got pony. shoulders <laughs> what's that i noticed her side ponytail it's like over her shoulder oh so. yeah 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 very uh, uh yeah but yeah also just, just like her- massively muscular like giant huge shoulders thick arms like just looks amazing i'm gonna start wearing my hair in a side ponytail oh yeah bring it back <laughs> Uh, and so uh, Napier and Charlie Company jump down and join the battle, and um, it's a, at some point like they're they're pushing they're pushing back every all the resistance members in Canberra, in the Parliament House, and there's like a there's like a scene where a crab sapien is like menacing them as they're backing up, and the crab sapien just fucking explodes, <laughs> <laughs> like no explanation, just explodes. No. Just explodes. Like I assume it got shot or something, but it literally gets oh, like yeah. misted on the screen. Yeah, into red mist. I'm watching it now. It's like just yeah, poofs. Uh, as I say the notes, like this, this all of this is terrifying. Yeah. Like just the thought of being there for this carnage is like, oh, like is this again? We've said it over and over. This is something much more upsetting about giant animal hybrids tearing people apart yeah. than right. exploding quickly in your exo frame. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. It's you don't get the clean click or clean quick death of like yeah, just being vaporized in space. No, it's you have to get pulled limb from limb by a beetle and a bat. Yeah. <laughs> and we get we get a bunch of we get a bunch of little cool quick scenes of like all the standouts from from the jump troopers, like Longfeather, Pellegrino and uh, Alec and Maggie join in right then, and Alec just like hardcore jo- drops on the ground, pulls out two pistols, and just starts blasting. He's like, ah, "Is that the f- not even, not even- is that the first time we ever see him draw that chest pistol that he always carries?" 
maybe it might be. I can't remember it seeing him draw it any other. So it's like kind of cool. It's like, oh yeah, here he goes. He's finally using it. Sick. <laughs> we made fun of it so many times. <laughs> All right. uh, Shiva and the ne- the Neo Mega, who I don't think we've ever heard the name of. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, are like, oh shit, we gotta get out of here, and they run to their E frames, and they won't start because dun dun dun, Kyle, Colleen O'Reilly has sabotaged them, and she's like, you stupid fuckers. <laughs> Such a good and, moment. Uh, she, she's you know she's got them surrendered, surrendering, and um, the Neo Mega pulls out a secret gun and almost takes her out, but the rest of Charlie Company arrives, and. Uh, I can't remember what, what I, now I'm, I'm drawing a blank. She, they say something to Shiva and he responds with nuts. <laughs> yeah. They want him to, I think they want him to like basically call the surrender. Um, That's yeah. Right. And he's just like, yeah, he's like, Oh, nuts. <laughs> like trying to, trying to be all cool and pass it along. <laughs> did I get this right? Did I do the right? Did I say it right? He's like beans. <laughs> Wait, no nuts. Damn it. I screwed it up. Like <laughs> you. <laughs> It's like whatever it is, you human, you Terrans eat. Uh, the the resistance is made. So, like you said, uh, they tell they tell Shiva to call off the attack, and Napier says, "If you do it, we'll let you go." And so, uh, we get the last the last bit of the battle as the resistance is making one final stand in the Parliament Hall. Uh, Baronsky comments, "Like we're all we're all almost out of ammo. Like <laughs> we we don't have any other options here. What's going on?" And finally, like you were saying, Alex, I think last time, Rita Torres is like, "Why don't you use the Nova Flare? Use your fucking nuke, JT." <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's like, "Up, oh, nope, out of power." Like, the time to have you to God use this would have been like <laughs> hours ago when George was still alive. Damn it! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a great little moment here too, where like the they barge in and like the one of the raptors like breathes acid all over the. Uh, I'm assuming like their parliament, whatever the head of parliament in Australia is called, chair. And then quick cut to uh, this just like crab sapien do the sliding karate chop with its crab claw that just I don't know why, but it just cracks <laughs> me up. It's just he's just like Hi-ya! <laughs> it looks really funny. Because he looks like he's doing carters because he like slides forward as well. He kind of like steps forward and chops with his claw. Right, right. And it's like, so it begs the question, it's like, do they get like, do they get hand-to-hand combat training or is that imprinted claw to claw? in them? <laughs> yeah, yeah, claw-to-claw combat. <laughs> Hell yes, I love it. <laughs> Oh, snap, snap, snap. And so, like, then that, that also begs the, begs the question is, like, are there, like, is there, like, a crab sapien Bruce Lee who's, like, you know, like, flow, like, water and all this stuff? And, like, is there kind of a top, top martial arts guy? Given given enough time, there would definitely be a, like, when the, when the Neo Sapiens win the war and they start, like, having to do things like make art and entertainment, there would definitely be a kung fu show with, like, Raptor sapien style, um, cr- cl- crab sapien Sick. style, and all that. Sick. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm thinking Power Rangers, maybe, yeah. like kind of like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's probably actually like a that would probably resurrect the Power Rangers franchise for the what are we in the 24th century or whatever? Because you got to imagine it's like you have this like endless supply of basically Power Rangers monsters running around, no suit needed. Yeah. Now I want that. Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, I know it's like I want so much like post-war exo lore. Um, the show, the show. Oh god, it needed to continue. Anyway, 
uh, Shiva ends up recalling the troops, and um, we, it, the resistance gets ready to leave because they can't stay there. Uh, yeah. And Nick Tyree picks up the flag, and he's like, you'll fly again over a free Australia. And I'll tell you what, like, I'm not Australian. I don't have any ties to Australia except knowing a few people there. But right there, I felt goddamn patriotic <laughs> for Australia. I was like... Man, these guys rule. <laughs> I turned to Kayvon and I said, yeah, maybe now they can get rid of the British flag. Like, take that off your flag. <laughs> Decolonize <laughs> Australia. <laughs> get rid of all the colonizers. Uh, yeah, I know, especially because Tyree, I mean, I'm assuming Tyree is Aboriginal. It seems like he is. I don't, I don't know if they ever explicitly say it, but goddamn, wouldn't that be yeah, cool? Yeah, he certainly doesn't, like, he doesn't look like a white guy at the very least is all the way he's. Yeah, the way he and George and Danny are drawn, specifically, I I think would be a strong indication that they are um, indigenous, like, Aboriginal peoples. Right. Yeah. Also, uh, it, it's kind of funny in the scene that, like, you know, these Neo-Sapiens are literally about to rip uh, the, you know, e, you know Able Squad and, and friends uh, to bits here. And it's just like... Kind of, it's funny that they're just like, oh, the the retreat siren went off. Let's not take two minutes to finish the job and then leave. Like, nope, let's just, we're here, but let's go, let's leave. It's it's that old trope. It's like union break. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's just, I don't. It's like they're out of ammo. All this stuff. This is like really where you need you need your local commanders to have initiative. And maybe this is another problem with having that sort of authoritarian, like centralized command structure. Is like. You know, this is really where you want whatever sergeant or lieutenant is in charge on the scene to just be like, just mop them up, boys. We'll take two minutes and then we'll leave. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, well, it, it thankfully they don't because that would have been the end of the series right, right. there probably. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the, resistance, the resistance leaves, the survivors leave, and they, they gather up to regroup and get ready to go back to um, fighting the war. Uh from from the resistance front and uh we get this nice scene where colleen and marsh are flirting <laughs> and she's like do you do you always do this to to see to see uh to see your gal again and he's like oh yeah you know it's, it's, she won't forget that date right yeah. Um, oh yeah he said something like oh, i wanted our second date to be memorable and i think she says yeah. something like oh do you do that for like all the girls who rescue you or something like <laughs> yeah something like that it's a it's a nice bit of flirting this is why I like Colleen. You... I was like trying to, you know, I couldn't pinpoint it when we were talking about it in the last episode that we did with like the top five or whatever favorites. But I was like, oh yeah, okay, this is like a reminder of why I like Colleen. She's kind of like yeah. sassy and cool and yeah, I don't know. She's she's just like a boss bitch. Yeah, <laughs> she is. She, she, she is. is for real. I mean, she almost single-handedly captured uh, the the uh general of the earth neo sapien forces yeah. like um and uh they let shiva go and he's like he's like oh great thanks i wonder what fate i'll meet when i get back <laughs> and napier says like you can stay with us you could you we could protect you and you could help us win this war and bring down phaeton but his pride as a soldier and loyalty to the cause is is too much and he just walks off presumably to face uh, an execution yeah. which is like well it's like a really noble moment at the same time it's like where was this when they had a gun in your face demanding that you call off the very successful attack <laughs> it's like yeah 
Yeah, like this is a bridge too far. Right, right. It's like, why weren't you just like, well, I'm a soldier, and just you know, take your take it and shot. They probably wouldn't have shot him anyway because he's way more valuable alive. So you know, I would have just called their bluff and been like, no, you know, I'm a soldier. Instead, it's like, oh, I'll, 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 you know, I'll fold here, and then later, that's when I'll, I'll have my moment of dignity. I mean, maybe he felt guilty about chickening out. Well, also, also side series, like he's in the middle of like the continent of Australia. It's going to take him a while to get back. So like there should be, there should be like five episodes of Shiva, like trying to survive in the Australian wilderness. It's like, like befriend some kid. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he goes, he goes on like, you know, the, the, the trope idea of a walkabout and comes to a realization or something like. Right. Enters the dreamlands or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, the dream that, time. The dream time. And <laughs> yeah. All that. Yeah. It's like, damn, like Terrans, who knew? We we have so much in common. Do you think she, like we're mates. she even just like walks out there and takes some peyote and is like, nah man, I'm done with this war. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you see him, he's just got like a like a long haired wig, he like looks like a hippie, he's got like a poncho on, just like smoking a huge doobie and listening to Bob Marley. <laughs> looks like Tommy Chung. <laughs> oh my god. Either that or he moves in with Danny. Oh my god. Oh my god. Right. Yeah, and they just like they're just like hanging out doing peyote together in the desert. Yeah, I I like I I, I want to see that fan art of like Shiva as Tommy Chong. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody can anybody listening can draw, please, we would love that. Oh my god! And that's that's where the episode ends. Yeah, this is this is I love this whole arc. I've loved it since I was a kid because it's got those like horror vibes, like we were talking about. You know, there's something much grimmer and scarier about things that, you know, rip you apart as opposed to just, like, being vaporized in your cockpit. Um, and just, yeah, like, the whole, like the, the crab claw coming through, grabbing George, pulling him out the window. Just really great horror and body horror vibes. Yeah. It's also, it's we're starting to get to the point where you feel like, okay, things are bad. Like, the introduction um, of these weird animal sapien creatures is pretty terrifying but the humans are making progress like they are fighting back because also at the end of the episode i think it's napier tells tyree like oh we've got a ship ready you know if you want to come with us kind of thing and he's like no like this is my land like this is where i belong i'm going to stay here and keep fighting kind of thing um right which i also really liked that moment so i don't know it feels like okay shit's fucked up but there's like the possibility of redemption there's a possibility of uh, a victory like just around the corner here yeah yeah exactly yeah really just great great story writing storylines and just really fantastic action Uh, more of what makes this show just so memorable and wonderful totally it's awesome and still just baffling that it never caught on you know and I feel like right now, especially in the age of like Mass Effect and the Expanse and Halo and all the other kind of like big sci-fi properties, you know, Halo's getting it's it's like kind of a, they're attempting to at least like make it relevant again with this TV show, which has <laughs> been okay. Um, but it's just like you know, NBC. I feel like they're sitting on a potential gold mine here, like a well-done show on a streaming platform of this. I think could do really well. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting to see like what intellectual properties get picked up and revamped and reworked and like right. Yeah, what doesn't really 
keep people's attention or like I don't even know because I remember when we talked about this right when we started the beginning of this podcast this began like the first season was at a good time slot right and then they moved it to like one in the morning or something ridiculous mm-hmm. and that's when it kind of got cancelled because it's like yeah your main audience of people who are watching this is like eight to twelve year old boys right. and they're not watching this at like one or two in the morning right no we're asleep because oh. we have to go to school the next day right <laughs> so it's it sucks that it didn't really get a chance to keep going especially because like the end of the season again no spoilers but like there's such a huge epic cliffhanger that i like literally flipped out and we have that audio recording somewhere uh <laughs> and it's just it's really sad that we'll never get to see like the next story arc that comes after um, yeah all of this yeah for sure yeah, because then we're, yeah. we're getting into the final run here. We're two-thirds of the way through the series. Yeah, yeah we have gosh. about, what, I yeah, think 18 getting, more episodes to go or so. Getting close to the end. Yeah. Uh, well, on that note, anything you guys want to plug this week? Mm-hmm. Have you watched the Halo show? Have we talked about this? I'm trying to remember. I, ha- I, I have, but I don't think we've talked about I haven't. I've only watched the first three episodes. Okay. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about that show. Yeah, it is. It is certainly a TV show. That's about (laughs) all I have to say about it right now. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not sure Pablo Schreiber is a good enough actor to carry what he needs to carry in that show, and the supporting cast isn't very strong either. Um, but yeah, it's kind of hit or miss sometimes. Like within each episode, there's like good moments, and then there's just kind of like a lot of meh in between yeah Yeah, like i feel like the opening with the attack on that like human colony and like just people getting vaporized by plasma guns and stuff was like hell yeah if this is what the show's gonna be like i'm here for this this is amazing and then it's been kind of yeah like hit or miss since i i don't know i i wanted it to be decent but it's also it's this it's 15 years too late for them to do like some kind of halo franchise property tv show or movie yeah it might be time to let that that franchise die yeah. <laughs> halo, halo infinite's fine like but just you know maybe maybe it's had its run yeah. guys <laughs> I, I don't think i've played anything since uh, past odst honestly i played a little bit of reach and it didn't grab me and then i just kind of let it go um and like we, we have some friends who are in their like mid-20s and they like Halo isn't even isn't a thing for them at all. Like it's very much our generation, and that's that's right, really yeah. it. Yeah. Um. Uh. In other stuff that we are watching, though, um, we started the newest show from the people who did The Wire. Um. We own this city. Uh. Which is kind mm-hmm. of like The Wire, but instead of being mostly about drugs, it's actually mostly about police brutality. Um. And it's. The first, it's, I think there's only one episode. I think the second episode comes out tomorrow, maybe. Mm. Um, but fantastic. My God. Really, really good. Uh, if it keeps up, if it's anything, if the rest of the show is anything like the first episode, it's very much worth a watch. Because it's, it's got that huh. the same feel as The Wire, but the, how do I say, the politics is a little bit more updated, yeah. right? Like, you can tell that they really, at least thus far in the show, they have tried to think more carefully and critically about, like, Okay, how do we tell a story about police without, uh, <laughs> I don't know, like without ignoring 
the the politics of today and how important it is to actually think about like corruption and brutality and this kind of like warrior mentality with a lot of police force um training that's going on so i don't know yeah it's it's really fun thus far yeah i'll have to check that out i'll check that out uh i know we've talked about it off the show but uh, i just finished the first season of severance oh yeah holy shit yes i have i have never felt such an intense feeling of dread as i have with the with the fiction presented in that show yeah yeah because it's just like capitalist anxiety turned up to 11 right (laughs) yeah and like if you work if you work in a big corporation or an office you'll find yourself in that show somewhere oh yeah it's just all the all the petty barbarisms and the and the like mundane brutality of just the the grind of the average like workaday life uh just horrifyingly encapsulated in this in like all the because the, the look of the show too the clean lines the sort of retro 50s wow. look it just all makes it such a bland mundane setting to have this just like absolutely atrociously vile thing unfold Ugh, yeah no it's it definitely it's like it, panic attack levels of dread <laughs> it also has the best couple on tv that i will never never get over. oh i know i know you talked about Yes. Uh, spoilers, Kayvon. Spoilers. We've got to cut that out now. Uh, I might, I might blank that out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Are you talking about beep and beep? Yeah. 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 <laughs> there you go. Um, but God, yeah. No, it's man, fantastic. Really, really great show. Uh, yeah. Uh, so good. I will say so just because you mentioned it right at the beginning of this episode, talking about you know your office provides snacks for you or like the kinds of rewards that they try to give you in a corporate environment and like by last kind of semi-corporate job was with a startup in South Africa. I'm not going to mention any names, but, like, they would give us wine on Fridays. So at, like, Uh at 4 p.m., you could, like, have a glass or two of wine before the meeting or whatever. Like, we'd have this, like, big wrap-up meeting, which was great. Like, I fucking love wine, obviously. It's part of my culture and my blood. Um, But I was just like, you know what? Like, there's no amount of free wine that's going to make up for the fact that I have to spend, like, at least 10 hours a week just, like, pretending to do work. Because there's like not, like, this is not, this is not that helpful. Like, I don't, it's like, I would rather just go home early on Friday and not have to stick around and like drink free wine. Right. Mandatory fun. Yeah. Uh, I used to work for a company. <laughs> I used to work for a company. I'll call them out by name. They're a shitty company. If you work for them, try to go somewhere else. It's called Echo Logistics in Chicago. And they had fucking like beer fridges and like beer fridays mm. and like they didn't they didn't pay their software developers enough a a a a career with negative unemployment right they didn't pay their software developers enough to be able to afford an apartment within like livable commuting distance Jesus. of their office that's Jesus. ridiculous and expected them all to work like 50 hours a week it was oh it was terrible Jesus. like I was I was a consultant there, so it wasn't so bad for me. But like, yeah. If you if you find like if you go to a company and they have a beer fridge, run away. Right, because that's that's an indication of like, oh yeah, we're trying to sweeten the deal because we expect you to like give your life (laughs) to us and be here all the time. Right. Red (laughs) red flags. Get the fuck out. (laughs) We'd rather pay for beer and pretzels than pay you well enough to live comfortably. 
buying food for you is cheaper than paying yep. what you're worth. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so if you identify with any of the things we've just talked about, watch Severance. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, I don't know, join your yeah. local DSA chapter or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Unionize. Unionize. Um, for real, though. Well, uh, on, on that note, uh, everyone stay healthy, find a better career path, and uh, nuts to them. Yeah, nuts. Yeah. Uh, thanks, everyone. Uh, as always, it's a pleasure. Yeah. Have a good week. Bye. Au revoir. Bye. Cheers. Cheers.